Welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Found Podcast. And if you don't know, one of the most rewarding parts of my weeks is coaching other business owners and just helping them bring more insights and perspectives into their world so that they can start to work toward and move forward with their own goals. So this is really such a huge part of what I do. Weekly inside of my program, Elevated Brand Accelerator for growing copywriters, we get on hour plus long small group coaching calls together to get really nitty gritty. And then inside of my program, Freedom Found Collective, which is a mastermind for scaling entrepreneurs. We have small group calls, one-on-one, and of course, with anyone else that I interact with during the week, I am always there ready to be coaching and supporting other women and entrepreneurs in this space. And I think it's really the teacher in me. You know, when I left my teaching job to become a copywriter just a few years ago, I did not waste much time at all in figuring out how I could still weave in the teacher, the mentor, and the guide side of me into helping others because that's what truly fulfills me and who I've really been since I was like a young kid. So this episode today, is a really special one to celebrate our 50th episode of the Freedom Found podcast, which came out yesterday. I'm pulling back the curtain and letting you join me inside a live mini coaching session with two copywriters growing their businesses that have two specific questions on their mind they really want answered. I'm so excited for you to hear their questions on everything from how to identify a profitable niche to how to structure upsells for design and copy consulting work to organizing your project calendar so you can get out of that feast and famine mode. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows you to spend more time with your toes in the sand than your fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm a copywriter and consultant, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Hello, Emily. It is so great to have you here. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Emily Tittle. I am a copywriter and brand messaging strategist. Recently starting to narrow down my audience. That's actually one of my questions today, but I'm a multi-passionate copywriter as far as my industries go. So I think I want to narrow down into um, photographers, uh, artists, and designers. So basically the the creative group. And so that's who I serve. Um, I specialize in website copy, sales pages, and email marketing. So that's uh, that's a little bit about what I do and who I serve. Perfect. Okay. I'm so excited to dive into your question then, especially given a little bit more context about what you're thinking. So can you kind of give me the rundown? What's your question and, and what are you really wanting some more insight on? So as a copywriter, I so a little bit of background. I started as a virtual assistant at the beginning of my online business career. And then I, I niche down, if you will, into into copywriting and then soon realized that copywriting is a whole nother um, profession aside from virtual assistants. 
And so I thought narrowing down into copywriting was, was narrow enough, was niche down enough. Mm -hmm. um, and then I realized it's not. <laughs> so I, I am kind of unique in that I have uh, kind of three main areas. Uh, well, actually four main areas that I'm really passionate about as far as like my interests go. And one is motherhood. Um, I'm a, a mom of young kids myself. Also, I uh, come from an agriculture background. My degrees are in animal science. So I thought that might be a fun uh, market to delve into, but uh, the, the demand for copywriting there is, is a little iffy, um, at least based on my market research. And then three is I'm an artist as well. So I, as a hobby, I do a little bit of watercolor painting and I really have a, a really strong appreciation for all kinds of art, but especially photography and just any, any kind of craftsmanship. And so I was like, well, you know, out of all three of these markets, I'm like, I think the, the creative audience is probably going to be the ones that appreciate copyright or understand the value of copywriting the most. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of uh, leaning in that direction. But my question is, how do you identify a niche as a copywriter? Because, you know, we all want to work with people that you know, work with uh, an, an industry, if you will, um, that we are interested in, that we love, that we're passionate about. But um, for example, like with the agriculture market, if the, if the demand's not really there, how do you handle that? This is a great question. And I don't know if you've listened to any of the archives of the podcast, but I actually had a business prior to this business that I trialed out for six months. And it was under this exact question, which is, is this lucrative? Is this somewhere that I can land myself and actually grow something that's sustainable, A, in an environment and in an industry that I enjoy, B? So that was actually travel copywriting and, well, and content writing to go into that a little bit further. And essentially, there's a need in pretty much every industry, but there's a lack of education in so many about the value of good copy, like you've mentioned. And one of the things I realized along my journey was that I was having to spend a lot more time educating and, and in the problem aware state specifically in my own messaging in order to even get on a sales call, in order to even have the idea of um, working like on retainer work with certain travel industry clients. That was the first problem that I encountered. And the second problem I encountered was a lot of repetitive copy. So for me personally, I wasn't finding a variety in the work that I actually found um, to be interesting, which is surprising because I thought that would be the thing I was most passionate about. So if you're looking at the agriculture space and you're thinking, mm, I'm not sure if this is lucrative, you have a couple of options like number one is you could try it. Like you could jump feet first and try it. And you might actually find that it is quite lucrative, but I would do that. If first and foremost, you can do a bit of research and see if there's somebody you can connect with in the space. And this is something I did a few months into my travel industry niche journey. I connected with another copywriter that I had heard her name a few times as being somebody who before she went into, now she's a launch copywriter, before she went into that niche, she was working in the travel space. And a few people said, you know, I know somebody who is in this and then she switched and I don't know why, why don't you ask her? So I literally sent her a DM and she was a very big name. So I was nervous to do that when I was just starting out. And I was like, I don't even know if she's going to get this, but I said, Hey, 
this is where I am. This is the struggle that I'm experiencing with an audience that needs a lot more education in order to bring them up to a state of wanting to invest, not just financially, right, but invest their time and resources as a company into that. And I want to know, like, if you're willing to share anything. And she actually told me she had the same exact experience. And that's why she left the industry. So if you can do a little bit of research and connect, that is a really great option for you if you're going to jump full force into it. And then, of course, the other option, which kind of blends into the motherhood and the artist creative space is you could trial yourself as a generalist. So you can go generalist absolutely. And you can tinker around with each of them and lead source from each of them and see which one is most lucrative. But having said that, just spending like a few minutes listening to you talk about it, I have the suspicion that the creative artist zone is tugging at your heart. So I'm giving you the answers up front to let you know what your options are, but just to like human to human, I feel this string coming through this like golden thread coming through from the creative space. And it sounds like something that both would definitely be lucrative and writing in the the creative spaces, uh, you know, busy industry. So you can surely find clients that align and you enjoy, but also seems like something that you're passionate about. That's great. Yes. Thank you so much. And you're very, you're very right about the, the creative group tugging on my heart. That is a uh very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would think too, like long-term, um, you know, what interests you most and what might bring you more variety. You know, if you go into the creative space, you have the opportunity to work with a variety of different clients in different sub industries or adjacent industries. So there are so many different types of clients and projects you can work on to keep it fresh. And I think that personally for me is a big allure. So if that's something that you like to make sure that you're always interested in new projects and it doesn't start to get mundane, I would would consider that as well as you compare these three different industries. Great tips. Yeah, that is super helpful. Wonderful. Okay. And I know you had another question that you wanted to ask as well. Yeah. My other question is pertaining to sort of the delivery of the final product. If um, once you're finished with say a website, uh, well, particularly website copy, or I guess sales page copy as well, it would it would uh, apply to, but, you know, I know wireframing is a thing. I know I, I understand, you know, wireframe delivery and how that can kind of add a special touch to the, the deliverables, but I am um, like a few of my clients have, um, have come to me wanting copy and they are either DIYing their design or they haven't really thought about their design yet. How do you handle as a copywriter, just the actual delivery of the copy and like how your wireframe is going to look when you're doing a complete rewrite of their, of their website, but there's real, no, like no real um, design objective or direction yet, at least. Emily, this is such a good question. And I don't think that I've been asked this very often. And I am so passionate about it because it is the worst thing to pour your heart and soul into a project and then see it like, you know, a couple of months later when the client has DIY'd it themselves and you're just like, oh, that is not emphasizing what it was intended to in that point. And the design is taking away from this. And as we know, like really the design should be informed by the copy. And of course the design holds a very important role as well in bringing somebody along a journey on a page. It is so, so key that there is insight from like the intention, the strategy from the copy into the design. So the way that I actually do this is first and foremost, you mentioned wireframing 100%. Everything that a client comes in to receive from us is at least basically wireframed, if not more so. And one of the, the things I would highly encourage you to test out and see if you enjoy, because it is something I absolutely love. And it's a really great way to add more revenue to your bottom line is adding an upsell when you're sending a client a proposal, let's say you, you mentioned sales pages, for example, 
you're going to do a sales page project for a photographer. They have a new course on how to take newborn baby photos. Okay. Um, so you're going to write her sales page copy. And what you're going to do is you're going to send her a proposal that has the outline of the deliverables. You're going to do the copy, this many rounds of revisions, et cetera. And then on your proposal, you're going to have an option for an upsell for you to help with design implementation. So what that means is that if she hires a designer or if she does it herself, it doesn't matter. You are going to be there through the process and you can put a timeline on it if you'd like to, to keep within boundaries or you can keep it open-ended, but I personally like a, a bit of a timeline and you are going to be there for the first iteration of design to walk through. You can do it live or what I do is a pre-recorded, so I do a Loom video walkthrough of the design and I say, you know what, let's emphasize this word. Can we bold this? Can we move this section and can we um, add? this as should be eyebrow copy instead of um, subheading, you know, and once you start to see the words on the page, you get a better feeling for cadence and rhythm and the way that it is going to be consumed by a reader. So I find this not just to be helpful to make sure that the end product is as you intended, but it's actually helpful as a copywriter to say, what is the most powerful way to display this? And, and it might be different from what you originally thought. So add that upsell on your proposal, give them the option to have the support of you doing multiple rounds. So you'll review it the first time, the second time you could do two or three revision rounds with them and just giving their, your feedback on the design and the copy and how they're working together. So we do that both if the client is doing a like DIY project and also collaborate with our clients when they are outsourcing to a designer. And we just make sure that they communicate that with their designer and we have the same time timelines. And as long as the timeline is there, it's a win-win because, and clients have told me that they're really loving this. This is a service we implemented this year, actually. And they're loving it because they don't have to spend the time doing it. First of all, a lot of times they don't know, or they don't want to know, or want that to take up brain space. And then secondly, it saves them so much time having to communicate back and forth with the designer. I love that. Thank you. I've never considered adding that as an upsell. I just was kind of considering adding it as a, a feature, but you're right. There, it, I think it holds enough value to be an upsell rather than just a, another yes. feature of, of my yeah, package. Yeah, absolutely. Let me jump in here real quick with a story you just have to hear. She booked out client projects four months in advance. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Prior to that, Elizabeth had been getting traction in her business, but still felt like she was missing out on several key pillars that would help her grow sustainably. She and I worked on crafting her signature offer, aligning her prices, and positioning her business as her client's number one choice. And within six weeks, she was consistently booked out. And in the last year, she's taken her family on multiple vacations, continued to grow as an agency, and said this... I finally feel like I'm on track to achieve the scalable, freedom-focused business that I set out to achieve since day one. And this all happened inside of my signature program, Elevated Brand Accelerator. Doors are now open for a special copywriter-only cohort for a limited time, and spots are already filling up. We've just been open for a few days, and doors are closing on Monday, September 26th. So tap the link in the description to check it out and join us so we can make change in quarter four or head on over to crystalchurch.com forward slash EBA dash program. That's crystalchurch.com forward slash EBA dash program. Pause this episode right now. Go over there. Binge of details. Save your spot before we kick off in just a few days. 
let that wireframe be that nice like feature and then let this be an upsell. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is just general advice for you too on any proposal you're sending, make sure you have add-on options. So there's not a single mm -hmm. proposal that we send out where there is not an option for somebody to add on another service or a product that we have. And our rates are around 50%, depending on what it is that, that we're sending a proposal for, but generally 50% of people upsell and it's on items that we never discussed in the sales call. But once they see it, they realize, hey, you know what? That actually would be really helpful. So remember that there's probably something that you can help somebody with and adding that on to the proposal gives you extra opportunity to support their journey. And then obviously opportunity to increase your revenue. Awesome. Thank you so much. You are so, so welcome. Can you please let everybody know where they can connect with you mm -hmm. and reach you on social media? Absolutely. Uh, I am mostly on Instagram right now. Uh, my handle is at written by underscore M underscore. And so that's where I do most of my activity right now. Um, and I do have a website in the works as well. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. We'll link that in the show notes of this episode. And I also, before you go, want to ask you one question, which is what is a date? And it doesn't need to be soon. It could be in, in 10 years if you want it to be, but what's a date that you're going to decide on your niche and go for it? Oh, uh, I love the, I love the, uh, the deadline. I, I need those. <laughs> we got to keep you accountable. Uh, yes. Um, okay. Let's set, let's shoot for, or not shoot for, let's set um, October 4th. That's actually, I'm um, uh, raising my prices on October 4th. So that might be a good time to go ahead and dive I love into it. a... Uh, audio. Perfect. And that's just in a couple of <laughs> weeks. So that's enough time. Sit with it, yeah. think about it. And yeah. October 4th is the day. So October 4th, you're going to go to your IG bio. You're going to update that, mm -hmm. who you're for, right? What you're doing and get that elevator pitch in motion and then update and get that website out with the specific target audience. So yay, I'm so, so excited. Thank you, Emily. And if you want to go connect with her, you can find her on Instagram in the show notes and go straight to her profile. Okay, Michelle. Can you please introduce yourself? I'm so excited to have you here. Let us know what you do, who you serve, and what your big question is today. Yeah, thank you, Crystal. My name is Michelle Carrington, and I am a beauty copywriter. So I partner with rule-breaking indie beauty brands looking to make the beauty industry a more empowering and inclusive space. And I support them with messaging strategy, web copy, and email marketing. And my question. Yes, I feel like that's such a needed differentiator in that space of the inclusivity and the representation and just been so needed for so long. So I am glad that you are filling that gap in the market. Thank you. It's definitely needed and there's a lot of work to be done to undo the, the damage that marketing has done in the past in, in that space. But my question for you, Crystal, is about client management because I always find myself in one of two situations. I either am overbooked, a lot of work sometimes more than I can handle, or it's crickets. Mm. So I, I have both. I and mean, it's not for lack of demand. It's something, something in my system, something in my process that is making that happen. And I haven't been able to pinpoint what that is. Um, because I do have that, I do have a consistent clientele, but they all seem to come at the same time. Mm. So what is the most pressing thing for you right now? Are you wanting to nail down like how to structure and organize projects so that they're across an amount of time in like a healthy way that isn't burning you out? Or are you 
focusing more so on the lead generation to make sure you don't have big gaps where you're not having clients and projects come in? I think it's a little bit of both, but mm-hmm. my main thing is that I would love to have my work calendar calendar organized in a way that is this project starts here and ends here, and then we move on to the next one, and there's not a lot of overlap. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the projects that you talked about working on, it sounds like most of them are are one-off projects. Do you have any retainer work that's ongoing, just to give context? Just started one. Okay. It's my first one and it's more content writing, mm-hmm. but that is a, a consistent, it, it doesn't take a lot of my time. It is more of a smaller project, okay. but the rest is bigger. Yeah. Web copy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And my last follow-up question to make sure we just get this so right for you is where are you in terms of communicating with clients when you need things from them? And do you feel like some of the drag of time in the projects is because you're waiting on clients to get back to you? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. So I have I have tried to be a little more concise and send less emails and have everything in one place. Like this is exactly what I need from you. And this is the mm-hmm. deadline, but it's a, a little bit more the, when do we actually get started? So okay. uh, the signing the contract and paying the deposit, I feel that that is the, the little portion that always drags. And by the time they're ready to get started, I've already booked another client because I panicked Mm, that this wasn't going to come through. Oh, so good. I'm glad I asked that last question because that's such an important piece of information. And you know what? That is not just you. So like, don't even worry about it. That happens to the best of us. And it is definitely trial and error, figuring that out and then finding a system that actually works for you. So there are, there are a few things I'm going to touch on here. First, let's talk about the initial part of this journey. So that's the sales process before we even talk about the project and the calendar and organizing. During your sales process, it's really important that you have clear expectations for when you're available that you then can communicate to the potential client when you're on a sales call or discovery call. Okay, so that may be looking like you get on a discovery call and this brand, you're so excited about working with them. You're going to write their new email campaign and they're saying, you know what, we need these emails um, ASAP. And then they don't get back to you on the proposal for three weeks, right? And then you're like, well, wait a second. I had blocked off then the next three weeks to work with them. What we want to start to do is booking a little bit further out. So if somebody's saying they need them ASAP, you can say, this is my next available slot to start. And if that's not convenient for you, then this is my next available one. And if you miss this, then you're going to go over here. So that means that if you have this client that misses that proposal, and then they come back to you in three weeks time, it is okay to say, you know what, you did miss that spot because you communicated with them and here's the next available one and they will 100% understand or they're not a dream client of yours. Um, And that will protect you from then having this overlap of projects, okay? So first and foremost, we wanna communicate in the sales process and make it very clear on the proposal what the projected start date is. So every proposal I send to a client has the week, not not usually the specific day, but the week. So this proposal is for a project starting, you know, um, let's say October 15th. 
2022 lasting four to five weeks. And I try to really hone in on what that timeline is. Another thing I'll preface this by saying, I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, you can professionally get your contracts checked and all of that. But one of the things that I find to be very helpful to have in my contract personally is having expectations around deadlines when they're going to get things to me or review and give me feedback for revisions. So what that looks like is in the contract laying out and saying, okay, this is like the timeline of the project roughly. And of course there's some room for flexibility as needed, but it's expected that the client gets collateral. So if you're going to ask them for any market research, they might have like surveys or testimonials or maybe contact information for their past clients or customers. So you could interview them. All of that collateral needs to be to you. What, what date? two weeks before the project starts. That's what I like to do. Make sure that it's there well in advance. So then it doesn't delay the project starting. And then I always check it. I have a reminder set up for me right at that timeline, two weeks before, if it's not in on that day, I am emailing the client and I'm saying, Hey, just a reminder, this is due today. You can still get this to me in the next, and I'll give them like 72 hours maximum. And I really stick to those timelines and I make it very clear and say, if I don't have this by then, we're not going to be on target for the project and it may have to get pushed back because I have other projects. And when you when you communicate it so clearly to them, they're going to get their, like that fire lit under their booty and get in line and say, okay, yes, yes, yes. I'll get that to you, no problem. Or if they really can't manage it, then you can rearrange ahead of time. So you're we're not scrambling last minute to work on two different projects. Okay. So that's that piece, making sure that that's communicated as well and setting up deadlines for when they give things to you. The other piece that I always put in the contract as well is to give a certain amount of time for revision feedback. So instead of saying, here's the copy, please get this back to me in the next couple of weeks, I give clients five days. That is it. They have five business days to get the copy back to me. And that's through trial and error because if you give somebody four weeks, Oh my gosh, Michelle, they are going to take four freaking weeks. Actually, let's be honest. They're going to take six weeks. <laughs> so give them five days, give them um, 14 days. It doesn't matter. You can give them more time if you'd like to, but put a reasonable amount of time there with a deadline and let them know what happens if they pass it. So I outline, they have five days. If it passes, there's no extension. The project is done. So if I don't get revision feedback, that is them saying it was perfect. I don't want any revisions. And then it's delivered to them and we're offboarding them as a client. And we've not had any issues with that. Clients love the quick turnaround. They they often don't want the projects to drag out. So um, giving them some structure, I think is really helpful. So that's one piece of that part of the setup. So then the next thing, to answer your question more fully um, is going into the calendar and the way that you're actually setting up your project timeline. So what I would do if I were Michelle is I would look at my calendar and say, what can I reasonably take on every single month? Can I take on two website copy projects? Can I take on two sales pages and a website copy project? What is my perfect number so that I can identify my capacity? Once you identify your actual capacity, then I would literally block off date and say on my Google calendar, you can see it for the Casey copy studio. I've got this website copy project is running from October 15th until November 24th. And it is like completely blocked off. There's no way to start another project there. The next project I will start on the 25th, right? And start it and then wrap it up at the end. If you want to do some day rates thrown in there, you can always do that in certain parts of the project. Um, but I'm talking about full length projects at this time. So full length projects, give it a start and end. And I often personally don't like to have a lot of overlap. 
if you like to overlap your projects, you can do that as long as you know what your capacity is and you can put two over those dates, for example. And then you know you have your retainer work with your new client for the last week of every month. You're going to work on their content, their blog content, whatever that is. And then you're going to block off that time for them. Um, so really just getting in a routine and a cycle on your calendar of saying, this is when I have projects. Because when we have no structure, then it's really confusing both for us and for clients. And it creates this space where they can be very fluffy or, or willy-nilly with us. And it's so much easier to say, this is the next project start date. Um, do you want on it it's the last one in this month or um you know then we're gonna have to go to next month it, it, everything makes so much sense like yeah of course structure I, I feel like my, my brain is digesting everything it's a lot of information yes you can yeah, come back and, and you can listen to this and digest it even more yeah yeah like I'm, I'm visualizing my calendar right now and kind of doing it in my head but can I ask a follow-up absolutely it is I feel that the answer is going to be increase your rates, but ideally I would like to get to the point where it's only one project at a time, but at the moment that wouldn't be sustainable because of what I'm charging. So how do you get to that point? Mm, of Wait, going from I need purchase. all of the projects all the time to then yeah. my rates are doubled or tripled and then I only need one project at a time. Yes. Okay, great question. So what I personally recommend and what most of my clients end up doing, my my coaching clients, um, when we talk about increasing prices, and for a few reasons I recommend this, is doing a tiered approach. So I'm kind of drawing a ladder right now, going from current prices at the base of your stairs, right? And then the next step up is going to be a midway price and the next step up is a midway price and then at the top so four steps right two in between where we are right now that's going to be your ideal price point so let's take just for the sake of ease let's say you're doing a website copy project for a thousand dollars okay so we know that's definitely well below industry rates so what we want to do is get you to a place where you are feeling like the work you're putting in is worth the value and the transformation your client is getting out in line with industry standards. So I don't know everything that goes into your projects or how in depth they are or how much research you're doing, but let's just say they're all like full blown in depth and you're doing um, many pages for your clients and our goal is to get our website copy projects up to $5,000 a project. Okay, well then what we can do is say, you're, gonna, you're at 1K right now, in the next discovery call, the very next sales call, Michelle, I want you to up your rate to, and let's just insert magic number is going to be $2,000. And that might seem wild depending on what your rates are at this moment. But I also want to remind you that is like less than half of industry standard rate. So you have to consider how much time and energy you're spending. And if you broke that down into an hourly rate, is your time really being valued, right? So I want you just to think about some of those things if you have any fears creeping up, because I know that happens so easily when we talk about raising rates and I don't want to to dismiss them, but I want to remind you that you are valuable no matter how long you've been a copywriter for, because you're still doing a job, right? It's like day one on any new job, you would be getting paid the same salary as day 100 in that year, right? So I just want you to carry that along with you. And then after that, whenever you feel comfortable again, raise it up to that third step on your stairs. And then eventually in the next six months, I would say, bring yourself to that top step. Okay. 
So Ooh, as you scary. do that, I know it is, it is scary, but if you don't do it now, like if not now, when, right. And if you have mm-hmm. some testimonials from clients that you can leverage to then get some better, higher paying clients and really show that what you're doing is helpful and working for your clients, then you're absolutely in the right to raise those prices. And right now it sounds like you've got this demand where sometimes you're like really overloaded. So from a supply demand perspective too, it just makes sense to raise those rates. So pulling them up a little bit at a time time and then allowing that to basically level out your workload. So right now, yes, you need to work with all those clients, but let's start making change right away because otherwise you'll get burnt out. So immediately getting on that next sales call and quoting that next price up on your, on your stairs, and then allowing you to take fewer projects a month over time. I would say ideally that would be like over 12 weeks, just so we don't get you in a state of burnout for so long, but it could stretch a little bit longer if you need it to. Thank you for this. Like I, it's something that has been in the back of my mind for a long time, but just hearing you say it just confirms it that this is indeed what I have to do to make this business more sustainable. Good. I'm so glad. So that said, I'm going to ask you what is the date that we're going to put on the calendar for raising these rates and getting this next era of the MC brand going? So part of me wants to say January because fresh start, new year, but it has to be sooner. Absolutely. Um, like I, I know that the holiday season is going to be busy. Um, so like November, any sales call I have in November, that's when no, October, October. Yes. That's the October. next month, October. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. October. Okay. Awesome. Any sales calls starting next month, you know, what else you can do yeah. too, if you want to, um, is you could say, you know what, reach out to past clients and you could send out a little newsletter to them and say, mm-hmm. just so you know, prices are raising next month. If you'd like, I have, you can just give a limited spot, you know, two spots left at the current rates. If you want to sell some more at the low rates, if you don't, don't send that email and just wait until rates have increased the next month. Okay. Yes. I love it. Okay. Where can we reach you and connect with you on social? Yeah. I'm always on, on Instagram. I, I still, I love the gram. I'm at Michelle Carrington. That's C A R I N G T O N. Perfect. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much, Crystal. This was like fabulous. Thank you. Good, good. I'm so glad. Welcome back. I am so honored that you chose to listen to the Freedom Found podcast today. And I know that your time is so valuable. And that's why I created Elevated Brand Accelerator in a true accelerator format to help you maximize your time and your results in just 12 weeks. Now, I did three key things to grow my business with rapid momentum, hitting my first six figures in just 14 months after starting my copywriting business. The first was providing a luxe client experience and really looking at my infrastructure and my systems and my client experience as a whole and then on the nitty gritty level from all angles to ensure that everything was white glove from start to finish, which encourages repeat and referral business and ultimately brings in more revenue. The second thing I did was build my brand authority and my visibility so I could become known Known as the go-to email copywriter. And it didn't take long to start getting dream clients because of those strategic efforts. And then the third thing I did in that phase of my growth was prioritizing my strategic personality-driven email marketing. So I always had a pool of warm and engaged leads at my fingertips. Since then, I've taken 
dozens of women through these three elements, my signature trio, as I like to call it, and I've helped them get some pretty incredible results, like increasing their revenue to consistent five, 10, and over 15K months, leaving their nine to fives, taking their family on five-star vacations, working with dream clients, getting featured in top publications, and most, most importantly, creating a lifestyle that they love with business foundations that can help them grow in any direction that they choose. So if you're a copywriter wanting to grow your revenue, become your client's number one choice, and start to cultivate rapid momentum for yourself before 2023 is here in just a matter of months, join the final cohort of this year. We have a hybrid of small group coaching calls, weekly curated curriculum teaching the elevated brand method, community Slack and Voxer so you can ask me anything, anytime, and so, so much more. And this is also the last time that you'll see EBA structured like this with so much intimate support and coaching for possibly ever or at least a very, very long time. So if you want in, if you want all this personalized support, head on over to crystalchurch.com forward slash EBA dash program to join us now. We kick off September 26th. And there's even a really juicy bonus if you go and get in before the 26th, you are going to get access to all the industry leading workshops that we have had run by guest experts in all the past cohorts. So you're gonna get things from industry leaders like Coley Lane, the founder of Life Goals Mag, teaching on all things Pinterest and how they bring in hundreds of thousands and millions of views. And Grace Blacksey, the founder of Quinch Collective, teaching on time management as a CEO and helping you be productive and so many other great things that you are going to get your hands on as soon as you get in there. So if you are ready to up-level your copywriting business, elevate your brand and really grow something thriving and profitable, then come and join us inside EBA. Click the link in the show notes or head to crystalchurch.com forward slash EBA dash program. I cannot wait to support your growth and see you inside. Thank you so much for being a loyal Freedom Found podcast listener. And if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would pass this on to a friend. This is how we can help support each other and get this message out to more women that might be waiting right now to hear a message just like this. So you can go and share this with your business best friend right now or head on over to leave us a five-star review. Your small gesture really does mean more than you know. Thank you so, so much. Love you lots. And I'll catch you next time.